Let's start off, Rabbi, by telling us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? First of all, thank you for having me. I grew up in Rochester, New York. I lived there until I was 18 years old. And then I went to college, my undergrad at Boston University. After that, I went to Los Angeles. I moved as soon as I got my diploma. Two weeks later, I was on a one-way ticket to JetBlue, uh, Ontario Airport, and I went there to be an actor, actually. And I did that for a number of years, and I loved it. It was a lot of fun. I had a very strong Jewish education. I went to Sunday school. I went to actually a Jewish private school for many years. And so instead of waiting tables to earn a living while I was acting, I actually found myself working for youth groups and teaching Sunday school as well. And while I was doing that, I got a lot of feedback that was really good, and I enjoyed it a lot. I remember before the high holidays one year, I was asking myself those kind of philosophical questions that we ask ourselves before Rosh Hashanah, before the New Year holiday. I asked myself, at the end of this year, would you like to be known as a good youth director or as a good actor? And I thought to myself, and I realized the characteristics that were necessary in a good youth director, and I wanted to be, I wanted to be that person more so than I wanted to be a great actor. And that really started the change for me to really start looking at applying to rabbinical school and then I said I'm going to give myself another year and I was working more and more as an actor and it was a lot of fun and I remember asking myself why wait why wait another year let's just take a class you know I, I guess I was talking to myself in the third person um, but I started taking a class and I took one class at the place that would become my rabbinical school and I was hooked I, I really liked the idea of what the job description was for a rabbi, which I imagine is very similar for a minister. You get to preach, you get to teach, you get to do counseling, you get to write, and you get to help people. And that was really what attracted me to the rabbinate. I want to talk a little bit, obviously, about your current line of work, but I also want to talk a little bit about being an actor. Tell me a little bit about what kind of acting you did. Was it movies, TV, any roles or films, TV shows that we might recognize? There was clearly a sign that I wasn't supposed to be an actor because every time I would catch a break, something would happen. Whether it was a film or television role, something would come in the way and uh, it wouldn't get aired for whatever reason. I'm on IMDb. You can, I'm sure if you Googled my name, you'll find something. I try not to do that too often. But it was a lot of fun. I did theater. I did movies. I did uh, a little bit of television, but mostly theater and movies. After you finished rabbinical school, where did you go from there? Is Cranford the first temple that you called to? Well, the... Placement process in the conservative movement in Judaism works a little bit differently. We actually apply for jobs and we interview. So my fifth year of rabbinical school, in I believe it was February of that year, we, I went to New York for a job fair. I met with a couple of representatives from this synagogue as well as many other synagogues. They invited me out for a weekend. I had an audition, if you will, for a weekend, and they offered me the job. And so it was a mutual decision to come to New Jersey. The congregation picked me and I picked the congregation. How long have you been here in Cranford? Almost four years. I uh, moved in August of 2010. Now, people who've lived in Cranford for a while will remember this as Temple Bethel, but the name is a little bit longer now. And tell us what that name is and why it is a little bit longer. The name now is Temple Bethel, which is part of the full name. It's always been Temple Bethel, but about 14 to 15 years ago, I'm not sure exactly on the date, it merged with another synagogue from Linden called Mekor Chaim, uh, which is Hebrew for the source of life. And so the synagogue in Linden was closing, and they were looking for someone to merge, a congregation with which to merge, and so they merged with this congregation. And part of the agreement was to change the name to Temple Bethel Mekor Chaim. Tell us, for folks again who aren't part of the synagogue, 
a little bit about some of the work that's going on here, some of the community involvement that's going on with members of the temple and such. Well, we have a lot of members that are very active in the community. I'm an active member of the Cranford Clergy Council. We have members who are active in United Way, as well as the Interfaith Council. Being a part of this community has always been a large part of what this synagogue stands for. We feel that we are a part of the Cranford community, and it's one of the things that makes Cranford so special is this community, the real communal feeling and a town feeling that you don't get everywhere. So we are have dedicated part of our time and energy and staffing as well to work in the larger community. In the synagogue itself, we're in a very exciting time. We've just hired a new cantor who will also run our religious school. We're very excited to have him on board, and we look forward to having new families come in. We've had some success getting some new families in recently, and we hope that continues, and we hope to embrace them with open arms. The synagogue here is part of the conservative movement. The two other well-known parts are Reform and Orthodox. Is it possible to explain briefly what the differences are between the three? The conservative movement is actually the youngest of the three. There was an Orthodox movement which has been around, maybe not in an organized fashion, but very strict interpretation of the Bible, literal interpretation, and no separation really between rabbinic decrees and biblical decrees. Slight separation, but not really in a practical way. Reform rejected that. I'm not even going to try to guess the date when they did that. Uh, But the Reform movement started in Germany and kind of cast off all of the orthodoxy and dogma that they saw. And the conservative movement was born actually out of the Reform movement to be a little more traditional. They were trying to conserve the tradition. and, And so the motto or paradox became tradition and change. And the conservative movement has tried to stick by that. And we have taken Jewish law and dealt with it very seriously from an academic point of view, from a historical point of view. The Bible is written when, where, what are the cultural influences that the rabbis were feeling when they created different laws. And so looking at the laws that we have in a historical context has been liberating for us and allowed us to have a little bit more flexibility than to see religious law as set in stone and permanent forever. We try to see where our values and biblical and rabbinic values line up and guide us. And we try not to put too much weight on our modern sensibilities at the cost of biblical or rabbinic, but there are times where we'll look at a verse of the Bible and we just don't understand why it might be there. Now, some would say that's our failing, and and it might be, but there's no God sitting next to me telling me, well, here's why I wrote this verse. So in the absence of that, we're going to do with that verse what we feel is best, and we're going to try to we're going to try to make the Torah and the tradition fit our modern sensibilities while realizing that we're part of a chain of something larger than ourselves. More and more we see when they do surveys of religion in America that people say they still are spiritual, that they are religious, but the attendance at synagogues, churches is dropping. What about trying to keep people involved and attract people who maybe have fallen away in a sense and and aren't actively involved in the synagogue? It's a great question. First off, my answer may rattle some chains a little bit. I don't see it as a failing of the community. I see it as a failing of the houses of worship. I think that for many people, they don't know why religion should be a relevant part of their lives. Too often they see religion as strict and dogmatic and judgmental and I think we've undersold the other parts of our religion. Very often I hear colleagues talk about God being love, but sometimes the religion isn't. So I think that's a major emphasis for us. Here we try to have very important principles that we live by for the community, but also 
embracing anyone who comes in wherever they may be, uncompromising standards and unconditional love for anyone who walks through our door. I think that religion has a place in people's lives. We've attained a material success, but there's just this void. Too often people, when they get to be, you know, 40, they've accomplished something and they start to wonder what it's all about. I think religion does a good job of filling those places, but I think that raising children in that structure, raising children with the love of a community and the love of, if you want to call it God, Yahweh, the Force, whatever, Jesus, whatever deity you pray to, there's a great sense that there's something bigger than ourselves. And I think that connecting to that is a really important piece. And I think that religion can do that in a very meaningful way and in a way that's not judgmental, in a way that is only there to lift people up and not to divide us, not to cast people out, but just to embrace everyone. Rabbi Goldstein, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.